Welcome to the C3 Church Watson Podcast. Our vision is to connect you to Jesus, develop you as a follower of Christ, and empower you to build the church. We hope you are blessed by this week's message. I'm just reading from 1 Peter, sorry, 2 Peter 1 verses 5 to 8 right now. In view of all this, make every effort to respond to God's promises. There was a song today about uh, God's given us a promise. Breakthrough is coming. Make every effort to respond to God's promises. Supplement your faith with a generous provision of moral excellence. And moral excellence with knowledge and knowledge with self-control. Self-control with patient endurance. Patient endurance with godliness or holiness. And holiness with brotherly kindness. And in your brotherly kindness, love. So you see here Peter's talking about a progression of spiritual virtue and spiritual development. We're talking in our series about uh, developing followers of Christ. We want people not just to be born again and then just stay there. Or I put my hand up and now I just come to church, I sit here and I just, I'm, I'm, that's who I am now. No, we're moving forward. Peter's saying we keep developing, we develop the next thing in our world. Or, or we, we increase that level of uh, moral excellence in our life. None of us are perfect, but we want to increase that level. We want to increase that level of uh, brotherly kindness, which is different to love. We want to increase our brotherly kindness, and then we want to increase our love with a, the ultimate goal being more and more like Jesus, growing into his glory, from glory to glory. As soon as, right now, if we could go to heaven, we are glorious. But as long as we're on the earth, we want to increase from, and go from one glory to another glory and, in, and keep developing as a follower of Christ. And today we're looking at one, probably the main way that God uses to develop us as people is the relationships with other people. We have a relationship with God and we can grow in our relationship with God that develops us. We also have a relationship with other people. And the, 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 the quality of those relationships and the context of those relationships does more to develop us than listening to a whole lot of podcasts. You know, Jesus didn't say, okay, everybody, you've just heard the sermon. Okay, I've got another one, another podcast coming out tomorrow. Go and have a listen to that. No, he said, follow me. And he draw, drew a whole lot of people into close quarters with him. He said, I want you to come in here. You're going to rub shoulders with each other. You're going to annoy each other. And you're going to uh, develop in a way that you can't develop just by listening to me. We're going to sort through some issues in close quarters. In, uh, in that place of relationship. He used their internal squabbles and their confusion and their personal issues as stepping stones to the next level of development. He knew what they were like. He gave them some tasks to achieve, and then he gave them feedback for their efforts. And he explained the meaning of of what he was talking about to the huge crowds. He was able to explain it in greater detail in a small context, in a small group. Follow me means come into the mess, because God loves mess. We're all convinced about that. God loves mess. He will do what he can to mess up things for us just to make sure that we are still trusting in him. 
We want everything nice and perfectly and orderly and predictable. And God says, well, that's not going to happen. You can have it for a lot of your life, but there's going to be some key times in your life where I'm going to mess things up a bit. I'm going to bring some unpredictable things, things you'd had no idea about to happen. I'm going to bring those into your world and mess with you. And, and that's where you need other people coming close. You start to share your mess with other people. They start to shoulder it with you. And you start to shoulder their mess. Because in our church, the, the most powerful way to develop relationships is in a small group. And we, as Melanie said, we had our group leaders up here. We had some of them. There are about half of the group leaders that we have. We've got all the groups represented on tables out there. But you saw a whole bunch of people up here, and they are presenting that smaller side that Jesus offers. He has the speak to the big crowd, and he has the disciples. We have the speak to the big crowd, and we have the groups. So we're following his model. And groups offer chances to do things and to develop in ways that this Sunday will never have. There are ways that you can develop in groups that you can never get on a Sunday. And I want to talk about three of those right now. First of all, we have uh, grandsons living with us. And yes, whenever preachers have children or grandchildren, they always talk about them. So just go with it, okay? And he's, he's four years old, so I guess the favorite word is why. So you can't do anything without why. I'm Papa, that's Yaya. So what are you doing, Papa? I'm getting a glass out of the cupboard. Why? Because I'm going to get a drink. Why? Because I'm thirsty. Why? You've got to jump to the conclusion as soon as possible, otherwise your whole day is gone. And the conclusion is, I don't know. I don't know where I'm getting a glass of water. I'm just, I don't know, something came over me. Or go and ask your mother put it back on our children so why but i tell you what he is rapidly developing why because he's there you go because he's asking questions smart people ask questions if you want to develop you need to ask questions if you're not asking questions you're not developing you're not growing the level of our question asking will determine the level of our development. As soon as you stop asking questions, you start going downhill. Because if you don't think anybody else has anything to offer you in terms of wisdom or knowledge or anything, then you are quite insecure. I just want to hear my own opinion. I don't want to hear anyone else's opinion. We should be asking questions all the time. But you can't do that here on a Sunday. It's very difficult to ask a question in a meeting when you know that if you do that and call out a question to me right now, I'm going to send a few guys to your chair and they're going to escort you out of the building. Really friendly people at C3 Watson. But we've provided the context for questions. It's called groups. And you can go there and say, oh, look, Paul said something on Sunday and uh, kind of confused me I, or I disagreed with what he said he said this and what about this verse so you can go in there and get clarification and you can nut through the you know the nitty-gritty of how do I actually apply this in my life you do that by asking questions and the questions don't happen on Sundays questions only happen in small groups if you're missing out on small groups then you're missing out on the opportunity to grow through questions 
One of our groups is going to be a marriage group. And so we've got young married and to-be-married people joining up, signing up to that group because they, they've got lots of questions. The, the disciples were given the opportunity to ask questions. It's going to be great in heaven. We can ask a whole lot of questions. And, uh, you know, like, how did that, did the world, how, how long did it actually take you? Like, it looks like millions, but the Bible says it wasn't. Jesus would say, well, hang on, I'll just put in the DVD. Dunk. You can watch that. It's going to be great to be asking questions. What was the parable of the seeds all about, Lord? How come we couldn't cast that demon out, Lord? Who sinned, this man or his parents, Lord? Can you teach us how to pray, Lord? They asked questions, and Jesus said, that's great. This is what this small group's for. You guys get to ask questions that the crowd never asks. They never get the chance to do that. You're going to hear things that they're never going to hear. And that's what happens in group. And uh, if you don't ask questions, you're not going to be developing. And it's going to be difficult. The closer you get in a relationship, the more and more intimate a relationship you have with another human, if you're not asking questions, the more trouble you're going to get in. You need to you're like the husband who is sitting at the dining room table and his wife said, oh, can I just have a, the newspaper? And he says, what do you want the newspaper for? That's old school. That's, we just, just get, pick that up off the front of the lawn to throw it away. I don't know if anyone does that. And uh, she said, oh, no, just, just pass it to me, pass the newspaper. He said, no, it's old school. If you want new school, you use my iPad. And so she took his iPad and smashed the cockroach with it. That's a husband who didn't ask the right question. We will not grow if we don't ask questions. Jesus asks questions. Who do you say that I am? Who do they say that I am? Why do you ask me what is good? God asks questions. Where are you? Adam, where are you? What have you done? He could have come down and given Adam a lecture and slapped him around and said, I told you not to, but he went in with a question. God is a smart person. Questions are asked by smart people. If we're too smart to ask questions, then we think we're smarter than God. God said to Elijah, what are you doing here? He said to Hagar, where have you come from and where are you going? God asks the sort of questions that we should be asking ourselves. Where have you come from? Where are you going? What are you doing here? God's questions are powerful. Questions change us. Okay, that's what happens in groups, number one. Number two, we can observe people in real life and we can find out the answers to questions like this. Do other Christians really refer to the Bible in 2020? Because I can go to church and I can see people up on stage and they're I can, I can put on a great act here as a speaker. For 20 minutes, I can hold my life together, almost. And I can be a together person, not burst out into tears about some issue that I'm dealing with because I'm presenting, I'm performing. But in a group, the other guys in, my, in, in Jonathan Lane's group, which I go to on a Wednesday morning down at Dixon's Foglia, 7 a.m., just make sure you're there, guys. They will hear what it's really like in my life and the challenges that I'm facing. And the same thing for you guys when you talk to someone in church here on a Sunday, even in the mingled minute or at, at the foyer, you can 
You have enough time to kind of cover the weather, their clothing, their new haircut, and what are you doing today? Okay, see you. That's not real life. It's just very shallow. And group gives you that chance to go under the surface. Oh, that issue you mentioned last week, how's it going? Oh, wow, you've got a problem that sounds similar to my problem with my family, with my children, whatever. How are you dealing with that problem? And you can go down and you can see the real. What about this scripture? It says that. How do you really apply that? The message from Sunday, how do you put that into practice? How are you going with that? That's what groups give us an opportunity to observe real life, real people. Some people, excuse me, have come to us and said, oh, can the church give me a mentor? I want a mentor. Well, we do. It's called groups. In every group, there's mentors. And it's not just the leader. It's everybody in the group. I've, got, I, I've had many mentors over the years. I still have many mentors. And some of you are in this, group, in this room right now. Because I'm watching people. I'm observing people. I'm not so interested in, in observing people on a Sunday. I am very interested to hear how they're going during the week. And when I get in a small group, so I'm very interested in hearing how they're doing things. Some people... Some, me- some of my mentors teach me what not to do. And, and we can be so highly educated and, and wealthy kind of people, we can look down and devalue the input or the impact and influence of people who are not as educated as us or not as wealthy as me. What do they have to offer? But God has gold in every single person. There's gold in every single person. If we're not in a group digging around, we're not going to find that gold. But I promise you it's there. Uh, there's plenty of people who are, uh, that, that God has made who are different to us, who are different to you. God has, God has made them and he loves them. Maybe they're not as educated. Maybe they're not as intelligent. Maybe they're, they're not as bold and, and uh, extrovert. Or maybe they're uh, not as something as you. But God has got them there and he's saying there's gold in this person. Can you see it? The way their family works is gold. Have you noticed that? The way this person has got a never-give-up attitude. Have you noticed that? That's gold. Take some of that gold. And we've got gold to give. It's selfish for us not to give it. We can, do, we can be giving out gold just by giving people time, just by being interested in another person. We are giving gold. And we have the opportunity to do that in a group. That is, if we go to a group, God's given you gold. What are you going to do with it? Do with it. But the, the biggest reason for going to a group, those are two big reasons, questions and obser- observation, which don't, don't happen here. Number one reason that it's good for us to go to a group is because we can get so offended in a group. We can, I mean, we get a little bit offended on a Sunday, but we can really get ticked off in a group. You know, we, we can meet people on a Sunday and it can be a bit annoying. Someone's a bit annoying. The music was a bit loud. Someone walked past you and didn't say hi. We can get a little bit offended with somebody who uh, slopped their coffee on our shoe in the foyer. But really nothing beats a group to get really upset. It's a fantastic opportunity to get upset. We need to be upset. Tell someone next to you, I need to be upset. 
It's not that hard to be upset because in this generation, it's the generation of outrage. You've got to be outraged about something. Ah, I'm outraged. But the sort of things that people get outraged are, are kind of uh, screen and political sort of outrage. That's, that's up there somewhere, but God wants some real heart outrage, some heart bumping. In fact, we should call our groups bump groups. Where you get bumped, you know, when if you bump over a, a clay pot, you find out what's inside the clay pot, and maybe it comes out all honey and sweet, or maybe it comes out all stinky and yucky. What are you? What's inside you? You won't find out until you're bumped. And group is a great chance to be bumped. In church here, you can get through just about the whole morning without being too bumped. But in group, you can have a great chance to be totally bumped. Bump stands for B-U-M-P. Be upset meeting people. That's what a group is. Real life human beings, you can get really upset. And we need to be bumped. I love being bumped because suddenly I realize, wow, I don't have that spiritual gift of patience like I thought I would. You know, you know what you need to do to develop your patience? You need to get super irritated. And you can get irritated and annoyed even before you get to the group. You can be pre-annoyed, pre-irritated. I don't want to go out midweek. This is really annoying. i got other things to do. There's a TV show. There's a soccer game on TV. And then you can find out that the group's not meeting there. They're meeting there. Oh. And now where do I park the car? And the steep driveway. And now I go up into the house and the room that we're meeting in is smaller than expected. And now we're cramped. And I've got to sit next to this really loud laugher. I'm annoyed. That's really good for you. That's really good. Being bumped like that, the meeting hasn't even started. And then you can get totally bumped by the other people in the group because this person says something that's totally wrong. I just want to argue that. This person over here says something that's just stupid. This person here takes two minutes to tell a 10-second event. I visited my grandmother. It turns into... And then they want to explain after that what they meant by that and what they learnt. And I'm, I hope you're convinced that bumped is what happens in groups. And God says, yeah, that's good. That's great. You need to be bumped. You're too comfortable. You only talk to the people who are just like you. We have a tendency just to, to gravitate towards people who think like us who agree with us, we agree with them, and we never have to be bumped because we can just go there and it's nice and smooth sailing. And that's one of the things that God says, no, 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 you're in the church, that's not what we do. I want to have my Peter and I want to have John. I want to have the soft-hearted guy and I want the big loud mouth. Yeah, because he's going to step out of the boat and you're not going to do that, but you need to be inspired by him. And you're too much of a big loud mouth. You need to care more for people. You're not even listening to me. See how John listens to me. All the different types of people. God made every single type of person. It's very opposite. God is opposite to us. He doesn't say, oh, you disagree with me, right? So I'm not going to even try talking to you. No, he comes into the world full of his enemies and tries to love them and to love us and to win people over you know, we want to be a church where people, whatever political persuasion, feel comfortable here because we're, we're not centered on any political thing. We're centered on Jesus. And what we find in our, in our men's group, it's interesting, John, uh, we've got 
we've got a guy whose big mercy heart cared for the down, caring for the down and out. Oh, we've got to help these people. You know, we, we need to have compassion. And then we've got another guy who's a, a mover and a shaker and, and wants to, okay, yes, we'll give people a hand, but once they're up, we should be teaching them to walk on their own two feet. We don't just give out fish here. We teach people how to fish. All right. You need both. You need both. It's not any good having that without that. And it's not much good having that without that. And God says, you've you got to enjoy being bumped. You've got to go to a group to get bumped. You've got to go to a group to get irritated, annoyed. And then you have to reflect on that. Why was that person annoying me so much? What can I do? Do I keep going back or do I... What? No, God says, no, keep going back. Because what happens is that when you make a commitment, I'm going to continue to love even when it's difficult, then what happens? We grow. We grow. We grow bigger. Imagine how, I mean, Jesus was probably always annoyed with his disciples. He loved them. Sometimes he was so annoyed that it came out. You of little faith, can't I just get asleep in the back of this boat? I said we're going over the lake. But he still loved them. He hung in with them. I believe in you guys. You are so far down you don't realize it but I'm going to bring you up. And uh, so we need to go to a group to get bumped. We need that. We don't necessarily need people physically for our physical survival like we did maybe two or 300 years ago, but we need other people for our psychological survival. If you're only ever meeting with people who are like you, then you start to detach from 80% of the rest of humanity who doesn't agree exactly with you. And that means you become detached from 80% of reality. And what we find in our group is that this guy who's merciful and this guy who's not so merciful, they both start to, they're committed to Jesus, they're committed to the group, they're committed to each other. So what happens? They start to change. They both start to change. This person starts to think, yeah, I can see that. We don't want to create a dependency where they just waiting for a handout. And this guy over here says, yeah, you're right. I, I understand there's some people who really need help. And we need to be doing more than just preaching at them. Only happens in a small group. Also, uh, this whole idea is that um, we need polar opposites. He's one of the friends that we need. Here are some other friends that we need in our life. We need someone who's cool, right? I hope you've got at least one person in your life who's cool because they'll advise you on your clothing and your music and the latest trends. And you, when you have a teenage or older child, they assume this role without being asked. Dad, you can't wear that. Thank you. I appreciate that. Number two, you need a friend who's up for anything. Come on. It's pouring with rain. It hasn't rained for three months. Let's go outside and splash around in the mud. I hope you have someone who challenges you for that. One of our, my friends said to me, oh, I'm blow this heat. Let's go down to the snow in Tasmania this, this year. You need a friend who's painfully honest. You are not telling the truth. You shouldn't do that. You need someone who's painfully honest. You need someone who's good at something useful. You know, if you want to 
buy real estate, you need a friend who's good at real estate. If you want to build a wall, then you need someone who can advise you about that. You need a friend or at least one who's good at something. Not necessarily decoupage. It's got to be something useful. (laughs) Sorry, Margaret, love you. Your friend for many other reasons, Margaret. I haven't asked many questions about your decoupage yet. You need someone who's a dedicated friend. Anyone got a really dedicated friend? I had a friend who traveled a long way to come to my mother's funeral without me asking. That was a couple of years ago. Beautiful. You need one of those at least. Where are you going to get all these people? In a group. You're going to find someone in a group. These are where I got all these people from. And you need a polar opposite, which we've talked about. I've got a polar opposite friend, a Greek friend by the name of Antipodes. That was a joke. Okay. Okay, everyone's vocabulary crossword is very good. Uh, Scrabble. Okay, we need someone who's opposite to us, someone who's different to us, someone who rubs us up the wrong way. The only reason we're friends with them is because they come to this group and we're both committed to Jesus and we just are going to see this through. Even though you disagree with me on so many things, even though you say I can't drink, you can't drink wine and I don't have a problem with that, even though you think that show is funny and I think it's stupid, we need people like that. We need to be in touch with other humans. Why? God loves every single one. He made the, the uh, you know, when we went to Serbia, every man was like this. Even the waiters at the restaurant, you want cappuccino? You want milk? Right, I bring. Slightly different personality. We need people like that. God loves people like that. God loves the Arabians. He loves the Africans. He loves the, He even loves the Australians. Because he made us all. I want one of those. Boom, got one. I want someone who's different to that, but kind of like that. And so we need to have that same heart. I love going to my group because I'm meeting people who are different to me as well as people who are similar. There you go. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for the gold that you've given us. Help us not keep it to ourselves. And help us to really look for the gold in other people, Lord God, and to really appreciate other people. And never to judge people as below us. Never to to think that people don't have something that we need. Be humble enough to learn from every soul that you've made. Thank you for making those people in this world who are so different to us, Lord. Thank you. Thank you for the privilege of meeting people who are different to me. And Heavenly Father, I pray right now that every person in our church would make a commitment to get closer in, even into messy, the mess of doing life with other people and having to sort through issues, rub shoulders, sharpen each other until the iron gets sharper and sharper until we get closer and closer to your image of brotherly kindness and then into love. Help us develop that, Lord. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our church, find us online at c3churchwatson.com.au We hope to see you in church again this weekend.